Today, the title of my message is, We Need to Passionately Cling to God No Matter What. And I love how God operates. pastor told me uh, probably about a month ago, he said, hey, February 12th, I want you to preach. I said, okay, so that gives me plenty of time to get something put together. So I'm thinking God's given me all these scriptures and He's given me how, you know, Scripture 1, Scripture 2, Scripture 3, Scripture 4. And He gave me this scripture just a couple days ago. I said, okay, well, I'm going to put it at the end. And then this morning I get up and I'm, you know, shaving and, and He starts giving me themes. Well, this scripture represents this. This scripture represents this. This scripture represents this. And I, I say, okay, wait a minute. The one I put at the end, that's kind of out of order. That's kind of off. It's messed up. And aren't you glad when you can ask God questions that He'll give you the answer? So, He gave me the answer. So I said, Jeanette, I need to change the order of how things are going because I've spent three weeks thinking it's going to go this way. And then this morning, God says, well, no, it's going to go this way. So, we're going to start out and we're going to start out with Daniel 3. And another thing I want to mention is that my wife is graciously going to help me out. So she's going to read the Scripture. So if you hear a woman's voice, don't get concerned. <laughs> it, it's just my lovely wife reading the Scripture. So Daniel three fifteen eighteen. 18. Now, when you hear the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lair, harp, and pipe, and all kinds of music, you are ready to fall down and worship the image I made. Very good. But if you do not worship it, you will be thrown immediately into a blazing furnace. Then what God will be able to rescue you from my hand? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to him, King Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it, and he will deliver us from your majesty's hand. But even if he does not, we want you to know, your majesty, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. Now, I got the cart ahead of the horse just a little bit. I want to start out saying, God passionately wants to cling to us, us first. That's been His whole desire. Just look at Adam. He walked with Adam. He was with Adam when he named all the animals. Uh, when the Israelis... Uh, Exodus, when the Israelis left Egypt and they came there, God says, consecrate yourself. I want to speak to the whole group. And the thunders and the lightning and the smoke and the Israelites said, whoa, whoa, time out. Time out. Uh, Moses, you let God talk to you, then you tell us what God says and we'll follow you because we're scared spitless. But God's desire was to cling to every Israelite. Just not Moses, but every single one of them. And if you like icing on your cake, I think this scripture is the icing that puts on the cake. And that's John 3.16. God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, so whoever would believe in Him would never perish but have everlasting life. If there's a scripture out there, in my opinion, that shows that God wants to cling to us. God wants to be with us. God wants to walk with us every day. John 3.16 proves that point. Okay, now back to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Do you notice that on 18, there's a but in there? 
Okay, they're coming in. They, they have been brought into the king. The king ain't happy because he's got reports that they're not doing what he commanded them to do. They're not bowing down to the image. They're not worshiping the image. So he ain't happy to start with. So they come in. And he says, okay, I know you're not listening to my decree. But if today, now, you will listen to my decree, I will forget the past and you keep on doing it. And so Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego say, well, our God can deliver us. But that but in there tells me God didn't give them the full plan. Because he says, but if he even doesn't, we're still not going to bow down to your golden image. That is, that is clinging to God no matter what. Our lives are on the line. It's death or life right now. This is where the rubber meets the road. And do you find it interesting that one of the things, this is what they did not do. They did not say, okay, King, can we have a little powwow between the three of us? Okay, how can we get out of this? Do we just want to maybe fake it and, and act like we're, you know, uh, praising this idol and, and worshiping it, you know, just so, so we can save our skins? Or did they say, or did uh, Shadrach say, whoa, whoa, wait a minute, Bendigo, you speak for you, I'm going to speak for myself here. But no, they was in unity. They was in unity. They was like one, three and one. They said, no matter what, we're not going to do it. So, what's, uh, so what happened? Let's read uh, Daniel 3, 28 and 29. Then Nebuchadnezzar said, Praise be to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel and rescued his servants. They trusted in him and defied the king's command and were willing to give up their lives rather than serve or worship any god except their own god. Therefore, I decree... Ho, 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 stop. Oh, no. Go ahead, sorry. Therefore, I decree that the people of any nation or language who say anything against God, the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, be cut into pieces in their house. Houses be turned into piles of rubble, for no other God can save in this way. You know, you may say city church is small. Three Hebrew boys changed the attitude of the most powerfulest man on the earth at that time which in turn changed a whole kingdom because of their because of their steadfastness their clinging to God we're not going to compromise we're not going to swing to the left we're not going to swing to the right we are looking straight ahead so let's go let's move on and I'm going to come back around to this and compare this to today but let's look at uh, Acts, or no, sorry, this is one we changed. Acts seven fifty nine sixty. This is not on this PowerPoint, so feel free to write it down and look it up later. While they were stoning him, Stephen prayed, "Lord Jesus, receive my spirit." Then he fell on his knees and cried out, "Lord, do not hold the sin against them." 
When he had said this, he fell asleep. Now let's paint the picture. What caused us to start with? Stephen saw an open vision and he said, I see Jesus standing at the right hand of the Father. And the religious people went crazy. They went nuts. But Stephen held fast. He could have kept his mouth shut. He didn't have to say what he saw. But he did. And so, he, this is, isn't this a perfect example of forgiveness? The people that's killing him, he's asking God, Father, forgive them. Don't hold this count against their charge. You know, um, one time I was listening to Bishop Garlington, because I'm going to talk about uh, Peter and Paul, and God things that happened, and then you might be thinking, well, wait a minute. They both got murdered, you know, later on through life. What about that? I don't know. No, that was God's plan. How everything worked out was God's plan. But I heard Bishop Garland one time, he was teaching a cleansing stream teaching, and it brought so much light to me in this area. And it was, uh, he was talking about being filled with the Spirit. And that we leak. And we constantly need to be filled with the Spirit because we leak. And he was talking about also being thankful. And he said, just, and he gave this example of a person that got locked into a safe. And he says, you got 20 minutes of air. And then all your air, you know, there's no more air. So you're going to suffocate. He says, you know, you could either complain, gripe, you know, beat on the door, yell for help. Or he can take little sips of air. He's going, trying to make it last longer than 20 minutes. Or he said, or you can start praising God. He said, you can start saying, God, thank you for all the years of oxygen that you have given me. Thank you for everything that you have given me over the years. He said, start praising God. Start giving God glory. He said, the door may open. The door may not open, but at least you'll enter heaven with a good attitude. So I, I think, you know, there's a lot of things about the martyrs I can't explain to you. But I'm willing to bet they entered heaven with a good attitude. So let's uh, go to Acts 5:15 through 16 as a result, people brought the sick into the streets and laid them on beds and mats so that at least Peter's shadow might fall on some of them as he passed by. Crowds gathered also from the towns around Jerusalem, bringing their sick and those tormented by impure spirits, and all of them were healed. Let's go ahead and read uh, 19, Acts 19, 11, and 12 too, please. God did extraordinary miracles through Paul so that even handkerchiefs and aprons that had touched him were taken to the sick, and their illnesses were cured, and the evil spirits left them. Now I want to talk about this. You know, it, it's amazing. And I want to go through. I talked about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They changed government of that time and era. You have Stephen that demonstrated forgiveness no matter what because he was he was dying you got you got paul and silas did we read that no you skipped it 
Oh, sorry. That's sorry. Let's read uh, Acts sixteen nineteen through twenty eight. When her owners realized that their hope of making money was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace to face the authorities. They brought them from before the magistrates and said, "These men are Jews and are throwing our city into an uproar by advocating customs unlawful for us Romans to accept or practice." The crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas, and the magistrates ordered them to be stripped and beaten with rods. After they had been severely flogged, they were thrown into prison, and the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. When he received these orders, he put them in the inner cell and fastened their feet with stocks. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prisons were shaken. At once, all of the prison doors flew open and everyone's chains came loose. The jailer woke up and when he saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted, Don't harm yourself! We are all here! Here is Paul and Silas. They're doing the work of the ministry. They have a a demon-possessed girl that they cast the demon out of. Uh, The owners get upset because they just saw their 401k plan go down the drain. They are beat and thrown into prison. Now, I've talked about this before. Prisons in those days are not prisons like today. Uh, They would actually be considered inhumane to probably put a person in a prison like it was back in those days. But do you see the amazing thing that when Paul and Silas start having a prayer meeting in the middle of the prison, the prisoners are listening. The foundation is shaking. The doors are open. The chains drop off. And nobody runs out. There's people that's probably ready to be executed. There's probably people that's ready to be beat. There's probably people that's ready to be tortured. They didn't go nowhere. They stayed right there. I believe Paul and Silas changed the whole atmosphere of that prison. The pres- they was clinging on to God and the presence of God fell in that prison. And they say, I got st- I, I, I to be in the midst of this. I don't care what's coming tomorrow. I've never experienced something like this. I'm not going anywhere because this is peace. This is love. I've I've never experienced anything like this. And what happened? The jailer came, fell at his feet. What must I do to be saved? And then they said, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. He took them out of prison. He, He nursed their wounds. He took them to his house. And his whole household was saved. Salvation came through two people because they refused to gripe about, God, I did what you told me to do. Now I got beat. Now I'm thrown in jail. This ain't fair. They didn't do that. They was praising God. They was giving Him worship and praise because no matter what, they wasn't going to turn and do something else. So salvation came through Paul and Silas. Now now I'm back where I need to be. So, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they changed government. They changed kingdoms. 
three Hebrew boys. Paul and Silas, two Hebrews, or two uh, Jews, brought salvation to not only the jailer, but to his whole household. And we don't, the Bible don't record, maybe all the prisoners got saved too, I don't know. Then you have Paul and Peter, once again, you see massive healings going on. It wasn't Peter's shadow that was special. It was the presence of God on Peter because him and God and Peter was like this. It was the presence that was healing the lame, casting out the devils. With Paul, you know, take a handkerchief, dab your forehead, take it to your dying grandmother, and she is healed. Why is that? It was, Paul and Peter were just plain people like me and you. But they clang on, they, 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 they had the desire to cling to God no matter what, whether it meant death, whether it meant beating, whether it meant uncomfortable circumstances, it didn't matter. They clung to God no matter what. And, and, and demons were cast out, healings was, was performed. So let's bring us to today. Let's talk about today. God is no respecter of persons. So if Peter could do it, if Paul could do it, we can do it. And like I said, three Hebrew boys. Do you think City Church could change the attitude of the political people in here? You think shitty church could change the whole atmosphere of Fairmont? I mean, if three Hebrew boys can do it, and God's no respecter of persons, why can't 50 of us or 55 of us do it? Change Fairmont. And let's not put God in the box. Let's just not stop at Fairmont. Let's go to Clarksburg, Morgantown, northern West Virginia, southern West Virginia, PA, Ohio. You know, let's, let's, let's think big, people. Let's, let's rip out of the box and let's hope for the impossible and watch God work. And then when that happens, then forgiveness comes. Because you've got to have forgiveness before you have salvation. You've got to repent of your sins. You've got to forgive others that may have sinned against you. And then salvation comes. And then with salvation comes healing, deliverance, and wholeness. Why can't that happen here? I see no reason why it can't happen. As a matter of fact, I believe wholeheartedly that it is going to happen here. I, 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 I do not think that it is happenstance that we got two pastors from Idaho, two pastors from California here in the last year. I just, I just, I just can't believe that, that it's, it's happenstance. I believe God is setting the stage. Just look, just look at the world. Not too long because you'll get sucked in. But just look at the world. Look, look how crazy it is. I believe God is setting the stage for Him to pour out His Spirit and for this church to be full. And, and it's going to take all of us. 
It's not going to be just a pastoral staff that's going to handle it all. I was, I, I, I've served in cleansing stream several times. And as an intercessor, as an anointer. And one of the questions I learned to ask when I became an anointer, anointer, not an anointer, an anointer, was what's the ratio? What's the ratio? Now, those that may think, what in the world's he talking about? The ratio is okay, we got 500 participants, people, and we got 50 anointers. What's that ratio? That means every anointer is going to probably have to pray for 10 people. You get up around 15 or 20, you want to see some eyes get big? Because that means you're going to be doing a lot of praying. That's where you guys come in. You know, I looked, I looked it up. In 2022, the population of Fairmont is 18,400. What if one day 500 people hit that door? Do you think our prayer team is going to handle 500 people? I mean, somebody better go out and get lunch. Because we're going to be here. Like Pastor Heather said, there's going to come a day we're going to be here all day. That would be an all-dayer. Uh, and you could say, well, that, that, that's impossible. I don't believe so. The day of Pentecost, 3,000 entered the church in one day. I'm just saying 500. You know, I'm keeping the numbers low. <laughs> you know, I don't want to scare you to death and say, what if 1,500 people walk through the door? You know, and I, I think God is changed. As we get closer to God, I think i seen Pastor Heather in action one, one day, and I think that, that, that she's going to be so in tune with the Spirit that she's going to look at somebody, and she's going to see a tormenting Spirit, and she's going to say, Go! In Jesus' name. And it... Pew! I think Pastor Roger, during praise and worship, I've seen him do a cleansing stream. When he's playing his guitar, he'll see something that's wrong, and he'll speak to it, and it'll be gone just like that. You know... We, we talk about revival. And I, I can't wait. I cannot wait. The only problem is, revival is the beginning part. It's not the end part. Revival is the beginning. Sanctification is the walking out your salvation. And then once again, that's where we all come into play. Helping these young babies walk through, hey, I'm struggling with this. I'm struggling with addiction. I'm struggling, struggling with, uh, with uh, pornographic stuff. I'm struggling with alcohol. I'm struggling with drugs. That's where we come alongside. We put our shields around them. We love them and we pray for them. And there may be somebody that comes to you that has the same exact thing you just overcome and you say, hey, I've been there. I've done it. Let me pray with you. Let me partner with you. Let's exchange phone numbers. When you have an issue, give me a call. I'll pray for you. Stephen was a pastoral care pastor. That's what he was. He was to take care of the widows. He was to take care of the orphans. He was to take care while the other apostles prayed, searched the Scriptures, 
maybe planted churches. Everybody I'm looking in here is a Stephen. And you don't need a piece of paper on a wall saying you're a pastor. Because, I, because people come in contact. I come into contact with people that Pastor Roger, Pastor Todd, Pastor Richard may never see. But I see because I work with them. I got a guy at work right now. He'll come up to me and say, hey, I heard this. And, and he'll tell me something. And, and it may be off the wall or this, that, or the other. And I'll say, well, you know, that may be, but I'll tell you what I believe in. I believe in the Bible, and the Bible says this. And he don't make fun of me. He listens and says, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And I've had several conversations. He'd come up to me because the world's so screwed up that, you know, he's like, you know, I got to talk to somebody who may have some sense about this. And I'm the only pastor in this place. <laughs> so, you know, so I have conversations. I don't condemn him. I just say, this is what I believe. This is why I'm not going nuts. It's because I believe this. My wife works at Ruby. She'll, she comes in contact with people that maybe none of us will ever see. But that's her mission field. Shelly. I, 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 just, I, just I just drew a blank. But Shelly, you know, in her real estate business, She'll come in contact with people that we may never see. But she has testimonies of, of, of situations that has came up that she was able to inject Jesus into those situations. And like I said, I believe God is setting the stage for the pouring out of His Holy Spirit like never before. Pentecost, uh, uh, Azusa, uh, Walsh, they're all going to pale in comparison to what I believe God is getting ready to do. Because I don't think it's just going to be one little area thing. I think it's going to be a worldwide thing. Uh, so, and another thing, I think too, you know, what, I, I love seeing the scenarios. I say, okay, God, how are you going to do this? Okay, God, how are you going to do that? And this is just my opinions. I'm not saying thus saith the Lord. I'm just saying this is my opinion. There's two ways, well, there may be more ways, but two ways that I've been thinking about. The Word says, Jesus said, when I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. I think that's one way it could happen. Another way I think it can happen is desperation. Just look at the world around us. You know, you, you always hear the, the, the saying, well, I got a plan A, I got a plan B. You know, if plan A don't work out, we'll go to plan B. And if plan B don't work out, we'll go to plan C. What happens when people get to plan J? Because their education failed them and gave them no answer. The government failed them and gave them no answer. The doctor failed them and gave them no hope or no answer. And they finally get to J which stands for Jesus, <laughs> and they walk into this church saying, this is it. If this don't work, I'm, I'm just might as well not even live any longer. I'm done. I'm checking out. That is a possibility. The desperation is going to bring people because nothing else has an answer. But Jesus does. 
So that's what I, I believe with all my heart that we need to prepare ourselves. Not just the pastoral team, but everybody needs to prepare themselves for the harvest that's going to be walking through that door. They may not look like us. More than likely, they're probably not going to look like us. They may have tattoos everywhere, or they may have piercings everywhere, but God loves them. Always remember, Jesus Christ died for them. He loves them just as much as He loves me. I just believe we need to prepare ourselves. How do we prepare ourselves? We cling to God like never before. You know, I've heard this thing, white, you know, you're talking about somebody driving a car and hit ice or something, they said, I white-knuckled it. What does white-knuckling mean? It means you're squeezing that steering wheel so tight that your knuckles turn white. That's what we need to do when we grab a hold of Jesus. We need to grab a hold of God. Our knuckles need to turn white. That nothing or nobody can rip Jesus out of our grip, no matter what. So today... And and I'm going to wrap this all up and turn it over to Pastor. If there would be anything, and I'd just like to take just a a, a 30 seconds and say, pray God, is there anything in my life that stands between me and fully grasping you? Holy Spirit, right now, I just pray that that anything, anything, big, small, little, that may be hindering Anyone here from fully grasping to you, no matter what, no matter what the circumstances is, that we're not going to let go of God, we're not going to quit looking at you, Lord. I just pray that the Holy Spirit would bring that up right now and say, this, this is something you need to get rid of. And then if it's a pebble, just say, okay, Jesus, I repent, I renounce, I break the power of that in my life. I grab that pebble and I throw it out. But if it's a boulder, We'll have people down here to pray with you to help you push that boulder out of the way. And I just pray that this was helpful, that this was good for you, and God bless and thank you. Hallelujah. Let's go ahead and have the prayer team come on down. I want to, uh, first of all, thank you Lynn for capturing because of the the world people are clinging to things that are not working how many of you in here had been clinging to something that didn't work and finally you turned to the Lord Revelation 18 18 is the last question in the Bible. What city is like the great city of Babylon? Wow. These are the hopeless people. They put all their hope in the world. And God judged it. Babylon is the great system of the, called the prostitute, called the and people in looking for their answers in the world. It's not going to happen. There was a first question in the Bible. The first question in the Bible was, did God say? The people who haven't, who got hooked up with the did God say and doubted Him 
now saying what city was like a great city but the second question in the Bible was Adam where are you Connie where are you Karen where are you Paul where are you Gary where are you Tammy where are you Rose where are you the people that responded to the second question are not saying what city is like our great city. They're saying we rejoice that the deliverance has come and that this destructive system that was killing everybody has now been judged. Hallelujah. That's where we're headed. Let's stand together. Just would you say, Father God, just say this with me. Father God, in the name of Jesus Christ, I choose to cling to Jesus no matter what's going on in the world. I choose to hope only in Him no matter what happens around me. I will not be ashamed in my life or death Christ Jesus will be magnified in my life. Now let's go ahead and praise him. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. And as Glenn said, if you have a need, there's an area in your life where you know you just got, hey, I, I've been doing okay, but there's this one thing. There's this a freeing atmosphere that we have here where Jesus can do the things for us that we need and we have people that really want to hear and respond to him to help us amen we're going to dismiss now and uh, release our but I want you to know that there's love up here there's prayer up here there's anointing up here in the name of Jesus amen